Welcome back to season two of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer of the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for season two. And this episode one is pretty much the preview. And I'm super excited to be working with you guys again. You guys are out here crushing it. So, Neil, let's start with you. Why don't you tell everyone how to get some of your content? Yeah, so you guys can obviously find us all on thefrontofficenews.com. Uh, you can also find myself on Twitter at MeyerNeil6. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at the front office news as well. And you can also find a lot of our other content over at the Riverfront. I'll be doing some stuff with them heading up into this coming season. So I'll be doing some stuff with them. So make sure to check them out as well. But overall, just continue to check us out at the front office news. Hit up the YouTube channel. We're close to, I believe it's 415 subscribers, roughly. Continue to rock with the YouTube. And let's uh, really push that subscriber up there. We're trying to get to 1,000. Uh, so we're making a making a goal there. So really uh, appreciate them checking out the YouTube channel and the frontofficenews.com. JT. For sure. I'm going to piggyback off, off my man, Neil. Yeah, definitely check us out on the frontofficenews.com. Content's there daily. Um, uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, Front Office News. If you want to bother me, um, underscore JT underscore Smith. And definitely, definitely, definitely check out the YouTube channel. I think I think we're at 420. Hold on, I'm pulling up now. Numbers so going up. Accurate. Numbers going up. up. Numbers going up. 422. We at 422. We're trying to get to 1K. Y'all help us help us get there. Good. I like it. Let's keep pushing it every podcast to help you guys get there for sure. Well, hey, let's not waste any time. Let's get into it. Um, here's what we have planned for this season. Uh, we'll be back doing our normal pre-game preview podcast before every game home and away. And here's what we'll cover. We'll start with the Big O segment, and that'll be players to watch in key matchups. Then we'll get into the Kenyon segment, and that will be the keys to the game. And lastly, we'll have the Twyman segment, which are our hot topics. And we're still looking for a couple more sponsors. Uh, we're going to talk about some different things we're also doing this year that's new. We're looking for some more sponsors. So if you're interested in sponsoring, hit us up. Now, we will also have an interview series this year. Neil, talk about the interview series. Yeah, so this is something new that we're going to do for this upcoming season. Obviously, we took a lot of feedback from season one to season two. Now, if you followed us in season one, you would have known last year we did a podcast with Wes Miller. We had David DeJulius on the show. Great content. We really appreciate them for stepping onto the show and trusting what we are building here in our first season. So this is going to be a new series that we are building for this upcoming season. This is going to be a interview series where we are going to try to get a member of the coaching staff on the podcast, and we're going to try to get a couple players, current players, on a couple uh, podcasts as well. We're going to do it like an interview series kind of thing. Uh, so we'll have them on the show. So. Yeah, it's going to be a great, exciting time for what we're trying to do here on the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And for those who have followed us, you know there's a lot of entertainers on this year's staff. I mean, if you followed us from Big 12 Media Days, you know there was a lot of good content out there. So just stay tuned and really uh, be on the lookout for the interview series that we are getting ready to drop. 
and we're going to look for a couple new sponsors for that interview series. So if you're interested in sponsoring that, hit us up. And JT, I want you to talk a little bit about the live pods we're going to be doing on some road games after road games. We're going to put the quotations up. Some. No, but uh, <laughs> no, but for real, we got, we got some feedback last year and it was kind of in the middle of the season. So, you know, at the end of the year, we kind of put our brains together and said, you know what? Going into the Big 12, it'd probably be wise to do a couple live pods after um, a couple of road games. So I'm thinking at least three, maybe five games, depending on how the Bearcats are doing. Uh, but three to five, man, I think we're going to pick some pick some real good games that they're, they're road games and, uh, and give the Bearcat fans a little bit of extra content. Absolutely. And lastly, we were going to do one live pod for a road game at Mio's before the game. So you can come into Mio's. Let's say the Bearcats play on a Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We'll be at Mio's at 6 o'clock, run the pods from 6 to about 7, and then stick around and watch the game on the big screens there at Mio's. So we'll talk a little bit more about the dates. We're doing all these different new things for the pod. And, and I think the big thing, both Neil and JT, you guys said it, uh, we, try, we try to listen to the fans, and they want more content. They want more unique content. And I feel like we're going to provide that for them this year. We'll be announcing all of our sponsors when we release our first episode, which will be next Monday. Okay, next Monday. And I think we're going to release them at 10 a.m. Is that right, JT? Yeah. We want to stick with 10 a.m.? Yeah. yeah, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. is a golden time. November 6th, first yeah. game. <laughs> Coming quickly, man. It just seemed like we just did our last podcast recently, last season, and then we're we're right here. It's crazy. Well, I know. So, um, now listen, we, we've got a lot of things that we want to talk about on this preview podcast, and we want to set the stage for next week's pod on, on November 6th. So here are a couple topics we're going to talk about. We're going to jump into the non-conference schedule. We're going to talk about the first season of the Big 12 and expectations. One big hot topic is the waivers. we got to talk about that. For sure. And then lastly, we'll talk about this season's roster. So let's start with the non-conference schedule. Uh, JT, I want to start with you. I want to get your opinion on this non-conference schedule. The 13 total non-conference game, 10 of the 13 are at home. What are your thoughts on it? Honestly, Heading into the Big 12, I think it's smart, uh, especially with the uh, the questions on the roster. You know, you got two point guards that haven't played NCAA, um, you know, minutes yet. Um, both are very talented, but still they haven't played those minutes. Um, you have two big men that are, you know, I'm not trying to jump the gun, but you have two big men, um, you know, you know that are, you know, in, in limbo. So we'll, we'll get into that. I won't even dig into it more. But I think it's smart by Wes. Um, you know, you got super talented freshmen. Um, so I think it's smart because, you know, the Big 12 is not the AAC 100 percent. And that's no shot at the Big 12. It's just facts. And if you watch basketball, you know, the Big 12, the last decade has been almost like the old Big East or maybe even on that same level. I don't know if they had had the players. You know, you don't have the Olajuwon's, not Olajuwon's, you don't have the Ewing's and stuff like that. Um, Ray Allen's and Iverson's that later came out. But at the same time. You know, this is big time basketball. Soon as, you know, Wes is recruiting, when he's saying he's Big 12, 
branded now, people are listening. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, man, if they were five and 20 or whatever. People are listening. So you say you're in Big 12. Um, it's smart. You got to kind of make it easier. Get your flow. Get your rotations because we know the Big 12 is a gauntlet. And it's every night you can get beat. And every night you could possibly win, but you can get beat. You can, if you don't go in there with the right mindset, you can lose every game in the Big 12. Now, Neil, a lot of fans were like, why are we playing so many non-conference at home, right? We got 10 of the 13 are at home. What are your thoughts on that? Personally, I, I love it, honestly. And that's because, I mean, you look at the new additions of the Big 12, I mean, you're going across three different time zones, whether you're going out to Utah, you're going out to Central Florida, you're going out to Houston, you're going across all three different time zones across the country because everyone knows the Big 12's just spread out. So, I mean, personally, I, I love being close to home, and that's something that Wes Miller actually hit on in one of his press conferences uh, a couple weeks ago before Big 12 Media Days. We asked about the non-con schedule. And he personally, the big emphasis that Wes Miller had in the non-con schedule, I think it's what, 11 of 12 or 11 of 13 or 12 of 13 games are right here in the Cincinnati area. And the big emphasis was he wants the fans to experience going into the Big 12 and he wants them there in fifth third arena heading into the Big 12, which is huge. Because, I mean, you're looking around the country about some of these basketball venues that they're going to go to. Allen Fieldhouse is obviously at the top of the list. They know what kind of environment they're going to be playing in there in late January. But then you look down, I mean, Fifth Third's ranked right there amongst some of those other venues. So, I mean, it's really important for them to get the fans involved as they make this transition to the Big 12. So, obviously, me personally, I love I love the non-con schedule. I mean, there's a lot of teams people are like, okay, this is like a – this could be a blowout or whatnot. But – we, as we all know, like college basketball, you just never know what can happen. I mean, we saw it last year when they lost to NKU. But I love the non-con schedule. I mean, they're staying close to home. And that's huge, especially making this transition, as we talked about. Going to all these different time zones, they know that it's going to be a gauntlet on these student-athletes, these coaches' bodies, making that time zone across two, three different time zones across the country. So I think it's huge. I think it's a great idea to keep the fans right here in Cincinnati, give them all all and then some heading into the Big 12 conference slate in the inaugural Big 12 season. You know, I think with a lot of unknowns with the roster right now, uh, this is very, very important. So with Aziz and, and, and Millie not knowing what's going to happen with those waivers, you know, there's several different, I mean, gosh, and we'll dive into this a little bit later, but there's potentially three different styles of basketball this team could play. I mean, think if both waivers go through, now you add two bigs into it. If only one waiver is, you know, accepted, that could change a little bit. If neither waiver um, appeal or whatever you want to call it, petition or is accepted, um, you're playing a different style. So I think whatever's happening, this non-conference schedule allows you to kind of get some momentum, build some lather. And there's some good games uh, mixed in there. You know, NKU obviously beat us last year, but they're going to be at our place. So I'm very comfortable with us beating NKU. Um, the game at Howard, um, obviously, I think that's a winnable game for us, but it's good to get on the road a little bit. And like you were saying, Neil, um, it's 12 of the 13 non-conference games are in Cincinnati. So 12 of the 13 are here. 
Um, obviously, Xavier's going to be a tough one at Xavier. Uh, Dayton's going to be down at the uh, Heritage Bank. So got some good games sprinkled in there. It's going to be a good test, and it's going to be interesting to see how they play, not knowing which, you know, if we're going to get one or two of the waivers. Uh, who, who knows? Now, here's my prediction, JT and Neil. I'm calling this. I predict the Bearcats could be 13-0, undefeated, going in the Big 12 play, okay? I know that's a, a tall task. I think the first game's at BYU, if I'm not mistaken, in January, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, right. I, I think a couple things need to happen for them to go undefeated. Right. Obviously, health is important, keeping guys healthy. But getting at least one of the two bigs. Now, when you ask me which big, gosh, they both bring so much to the table. Um, but I, I'd probably say, want to get your guys' opinion, um, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later with the waiver. But actually, I'm going to save my opinion for which, which one. I'm going to save that for a little bit later. But let's say we do get one of the bigs, um, if not both, but one of them, I, I, and we're healthy. I think this team could be 13-0 going into Big 12 play. Thoughts? You want to go first, Neil, or me? It don't matter. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. I definitely – I could see an 11-2 and two, uh, heading into Big 12 play. Obviously, everyone knows the history of the Crosstown shootout, but I definitely think that Xavier game is a winnable wait, game. Wait. <laughs> Just with – uh, You said 11-2. Who do you got us losing to? I The Crosstown shootout is always a tough battle. Everyone knows that. The Crosstown shootout, Dayton's a really good team as well. Everyone knows Dayton. I think if theirs were the two games that they could potentially fall in non-conference, those would be the two. One, because it's a neutral site for Dayton. And then B, it's just the Crosstown shootout at Cintas. We saw, we know how that battle goes. Last year was a great battle. It came down to a tic-tac-y foul at the end that shouldn't have been called a foul, in my opinion. But if those were the two games that they would fall – those would be the two that I would kind of circle right now heading in. And my reason standing is by that. The reason I say those two particularly right now is with the situations of the waivers being unknown. That plays a huge factor into those two. But obviously Xavier's not going to be the same Xavier team as what they were a season ago with the loss of Zach Fremantle and Jerome Hunter for the season. They're down two substantial key players from a season ago who were expected to have big roles mm -hmm. this upcoming season. So, I mean, that Xavier game is definitely a winnable game, in my opinion. It just has to come down to what that environment's like. Obviously, they haven't won in Cintas in a little bit. So, that's a game that I would circle. And then Dayton's just a very good program. Anthony Grant's doing a fantastic job with that program. So, mm -hmm. And they have Deron Holmes, who's arguably one of the – top 30 players in all college basketball this season uh, based off of Lazy's mock draft. So it's going to be interesting, especially if those two waivers don't get, don't get approved. So that's right. where I would stand out heading into the uh, big 12 season. JT thoughts. Yeah. So it's very possible. I mean, only games that I think, I mean, all games would be a challenge per se, because you, you just know how, how anything can happen. But the four games I have circled, um, UD, Xavier, Georgia Tech, NKU. Um, like we like taking out the analysis part of it, taking out the part of covering and get covering a team, like we like we owe the Bearcats owe NKU with thumping. 
You know what I'm saying? They owe him. So I feel like they're gonna play him at home. They owe them a thumping. Like it's gonna like no gloves thumping. You know what I mean? Like, like just give it to them how, how they're supposed to get it. You know what I'm saying? Uh G Tech, I mean, they got a new coach. Um, hell of a coach, I mean, at least pedigree wise. Um, but that should be a game they should handle. UD, even though you had to play at a you know neutral court. They should be able to handle them. And Xavier's down this year. Stuff like the Bearcats, even though they're going to be playing them at Centop, they need to just put their foot on their neck, and that'll, that'll make me happy. So um, I'm with you. I think if they get one of the guys, I think as long as they get one of the two bigs, they can go 13-0. I just don't think Xavier's as talented this year. Um, so I'm not – I mean, like Neil said, that game is always a game, just be, especially at Centos. Um, but – yeah, I definitely could see 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 that see a route where that those guys are thirteen and zero going to the Big Twelve, which would be uh, great, actually. <laughs> yes, and that hey, good good segue going into our discussion about the first season in the Big Twelve and expectations. Okay, so they're eighteen total, and correct me if I'm wrong, Neil. I know you're good at this, but they're eighteen total Big Twelve games this year. Nine home, nine road. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so. Going into the Big 12 this year, and, and here and here's some thoughts for you guys to, to touch on. And, Neil, I'll start with you. Um, I'm a firm believer in you've got to hold it down at home. Big 12 road games are going to be very, very tough. Got to hold it down at home. Some thoughts and realistic expectations, Neil, for this Bearcat team starting off in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, so uh, we're talking about the Big 12 expectations. I mean – in all real honesty, it really depends on the waiver situation. If we're being honest, I mean, uh, the additions of Jamil Reynolds and Aziz Mandego was huge in this offseason. Those were the two key pieces that Wes Miller and the staff brought in. And, and we're about a week away from the season. It's kind of still up in the air. But the Big 12 expectations, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty in the Big 12 right now, especially just depending on the waivers. I mean, you're looking at West Virginia. They're in a similar situation with the waiver uh, claim. I mean, then you look down at what moves were made this offseason within the Big 12. Like, the Big 12 have gotten exponentially better from a season ago. I mean, Texas brings in Max Abemis. Baylor brings in uh, some true point guards. Houston brings in LJ Cryer, the player with Jamal Sheed. So, I mean, this is like a great conference all the way around, as we talked about, with stellar guard play. But we talk about winning at home, and I think that's going to be the key as we heading into this first inaugural Big 12 season because you're looking at the schedule. Their first home Big 12 game of the season is versus Texas. That will probably be a ranked a ranked matchup. Texas will probably be ranked heading into that matchup. Then you have TCU, Oklahoma, UCF, Houston, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State in your last home game of the season is versus West Virginia. And, I mean, you're looking down at those teams. I mean, definitely think Oklahoma is winnable. I definitely think TCU is winnable. Texas is winnable as well, in my opinion, but it just depends on the waiver situation. UCF was projected to finish at the bottom of the conference in the preseason polls. So that's uh, something to take away there. Kansas State has a lot of things going on up in the air right now with one of their key players who just got suspended. So Neil, Neil, let me let me ask you this, Neil. So let, let's just say, based on a, what you're talking about, let's say that the two waivers 
don't go through. And we, we've got to play the season without um, Millie and without Aziz. How do you think we fare in the Big 12? Are we middle of the pack, low, high? Where, where do you think we fall? I think we fall right in the middle of the pack. Obviously, having Aziz and Jamil, it's up. you move up quite a bit in the uh, thing. But without Aziz and Jamil, I would put us right there at the middle of the pack. Okay, that's fair. JT, your thoughts yeah. on expectations in the Big 12? Um, Honestly, it, it the key, well, you know, the waivers are key to me. Um, at least getting one. If not, I feel like we have to taper expectations. Um, but I think because the Big 12 is, you know, I mean, only easy game is what, UCF? Um, UCF and maybe West Virginia and Texas Tech maybe. maybe Texas West Tech's Virginia. one of them, like, you never know. Maybe West, maybe West Virginia, maybe. Like I don't know. Like until the, until I see West Virginia looking like looking bad, I can't I can't call it. It's one of those things I gotta see it to believe it consistently. Um, but so I'm the only ones like from the jump. I'm saying UCF, um, BYU is normally tough a tough team, nothing great, but a team should handle business against. Um, Houston is Houston. You know they they gonna be they kind of they gonna be coming to the Big Twelve ready to wreck stuff. Honestly. Um, so that you don't, you can't count them out. So shit, it's, it's going to be one of those things, man, where I think if you don't have both bigs, I think lower, like, like hat, like in the middle of the pack is the peak to me. And then you're kind of like struggling to make sure you, I don't think they'll be in the bottom, but it won't be, they'll be kind of like three, four, of the, of the conference, and if they got those big guys, I think they'd be in the top half. Um, so that's how I look at it, and I just think fans have to taper expectations um, depending on who they have on the roster because without those two bigs, you know, I think it'll be a lot of pressure on Victor Locking to stay out of foul trouble when he's going against a lot better competition on a, on a night-in and night-out basis. And he has the talent to do his thing, but it's going to be up on him and then Odie. They come come through, or they're gonna to have to play real small, and then the small, you know, the young guys are gonna to to come through and hold it down. So we'll see. Yeah. So one thing that I look at, um, you know, I talked about holding it down at home. You know, the Bearcat crowd's gonna bring it. I think this year, I'm not sure what ticket sales look like, but I I can't imagine Fifth Third Arena not being packed every single night of a Big Twelve play. So we're going to have that home court advantage. you got to win at home. It's tough to win on the road. I don't care what league you're in. Now you're in the Big 12, so you go at Kansas. Kansas doesn't lose at home very much. Um, so that, that makes it tough. Now, as we talk about style of play, we do not get both waivers. You're talking about a team that's going to have to play very fast. And, and to me, the concern then is, you know, who who's your point guard and point guards? So – Who's going to run the show? And then when you look at on the road and you look at a Day-Day Thomas, who and we'll jump into the roster, who should be the day one starting point guard on Monday. You guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if Day-Day's the, the starting point guard, you know, um, and, and listen, I, I think he's a, a great player and I think he's going to do great things this year, but there's going to be a learning curve there. And hopefully after yeah. these first 13 games, he's prepared. But when you go on the road, I don't care. At BYU, even Day Day's never seen stuff like that. Uh, at yeah. Kansas, right? So there, there's yeah. going to be 
you know, there's, there's, there's going to be a challenge. So I think this team, without the two bigs, with the waivers, they're going to have to play fast. They're going to have to shoot the basketball. C.J. Frederick becomes an even more important piece. you got to make those consistent shots. So I think there would be a lot of ups and downs, um, depending on health, what the roster looks like. But And also, without the two bigs, you're going to shift a lot of guys position-wise, right? Some guys mm-hmm. are going to be playing, for, for example – you know, I think uh, CMOS is probably going to move and play more more guard uh, from time to time during games. Um, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that that could that could be a realistic thing. I'm I'm not sure what Wes is thinking or what he said about that, but um, I could definitely see that being a thing. No, he he even said that he'll that be one of his. He's more impressed. He was super impressed with the early practices that he thought that he's real comfortable. If he needs to, another ball handler. Um, he can do that. Yeah, he really complimented like how Stemus can move with the, the ball in his hands, and it's basically another kind of Play point guard game. when they need one. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've got some high praise for Seamoss uh, here uh, shortly when we jump into the uh, roster. So, uh, obviously, we've been talking about this um, on these first two topics, but waivers, <laughs> like this is the big thing. And it, yeah. it's shame on the NCAA. Shame on the – I feel like we say that every year, but really shame on them for – Setting the kids up, I think, for this situation. JT, do you agree with that? 100%, man. You can't, like, so you can't change the rule after somebody has already committed to the situation. You know what I mean? It's like you get penalized for you didn't have it policed well, but then you put this hard cap, and it's just cool. But if I'm already was in the portal and committed, it shouldn't apply to me. You know what I mean? It's kind of right. like, um, you're supposed to be grandfathered in. It's like, you know, I work in a bank industry. Like, if you have this old account that got these certain situations, the certain benefits, you know, if I don't change it and I, you know, take advantage of this, you know what I mean? I should still be able to get those benefits. Now, if I upgrade it or something, if I try to do it again or open up a new account, then I shouldn't be able to get those benefits. I should go by with a new rule. So, um, NCAA, man, they just, I don't <laughs> know, they just do a lot of stuff to kind of like, Spite this, spite themselves and keep themselves in the headlines more so than anything. Yeah, you know what? The more and more you hear and see things like this from the NCAA, the more and more I think sooner than later you'll see a lot of teams separate themselves from the NCAA. It's possible. It's possible. More yeah, I think the, think overall. I mean, I think the whole waiver process and stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't trust it right now. I hate to say that. Like, it's just every situation i feel like it's different like i mean you're looking at it this year like there's so many guys within the ncaa right now going through this process who are getting the advice the guidance from the ncaa to set them up in order to play and then next thing you know they send their appeal their waiver in and it gets denied i mean we saw the whole situation with tez walker from unc you're seeing it all across the ncaa basketball i mean Heck, BYU's got a guy that's fighting this thing, the waiver process. You look at Raekwon Battle from West Virginia, Jamil Aziz. I mean, this is a common thing right now yeah. across the NCAA. And, I mean, you hear every coach talk about this process. I mean, Wes Miller went on a long, about seven, eight-minute speech about this, what this process has been like. Uh, he did at Big 12 Media Days, and he also laid more into it and the last time we talked to him, but I mean, I spoke to Josh Eilert from West Virginia about uh, 
Raekwon Battles situation out there at Big 12 Media Days. And he's uh he was like, we haven't even heard from them in a little bit. Like, this is a situation where, like, you don't know how long this could take. And, I mean, I think that's the thing that's so messed up is because these kids or these young adults are getting this guidance to come make, as Wes Miller would say, life decisions to come, like, make this trip, transfer wherever they go from across the country. And Aziz's case, like, he went from Utah Valley State all the way out here. And next thing you know, it was all based on the guidance that he was given, according to Wes Miller. And then here we are. We're sitting here fighting for a waiver now through an appeals process. And I think so, I, mean, I think Jeff Goodman summed it up the best. And when he tweeted out, the NCAA needs to get out of the waiver business. That 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 tweet, I think, is, is spot on. So you, your, your guys' prediction right now on – What's going to happen with this waiver? Do you think both will um, get denied again? Do you think one or both? JT. All right. If I was the bet, man, I'll say something happens where one one gets it and the other doesn't. Um, I just feel uh, NCAA is going to do something, man. Like, they just put their stamp on it. And I feel like somebody's going to get the shaft, um, pause, and it's just <laughs> – you know what I'm saying? Like, if something dirty gonna happen, because I feel like both of them should get the waiver. They shouldn't. It shouldn't be in this situation, honestly. But I think it's just gonna be one. I don't know who. You know what I mean? And it's gonna be. And I think they're gonna be like in the NCAA so dirty. I bet you they. It'll be. They might like either. It's either gonna be right before the shootout or after the shootout where they let one of the kids go. You know what I mean? Like they're not gonna give them a lot of time too. Like it's gonna be something real skeptic me like. Where they could have been made a decision, they're not gonna do it. But they're gonna give. I think I think they'll give one, and then another one. The other one's gonna fall on the sword for a year. Neil, yeah. So I mean, I me personally, I think this is a, it's a tricky situation. I mean, obviously, you would like both of them to get eligible, but I mean, you're seeing the more common trend across the NCAA atmosphere of players going through this, where state attorney generals are getting involved. So, I mean, if you can get, obviously we saw that they made, that Dave Yost sent the letter, made the statement public to the NCAA for Aziz. I mean, that's that's a step in the right direction, in my opinion. I think if you can get all the attorney generals from around the country to come together and really have like a conference or whatever, talk about this and really set in, I think that's a huge step in the right direction. But Overall, in the situation, I, I think I'd have to agree with JT. Like, I, I'm if I had to guess, I'd be a betting man. I think one would be great. Two would be great, actually. But I'm thinking it's going to be just one or the other. And, I mean, I hate to say it with JT, but I would not be surprised if it comes out around the time of a big game like the Crosstown shootout or right before conference play. And I, I, I tend to agree with both of you guys. I, I think it would be one, not two. And, and – and, and, you know, I'd, I'd hate to pick because I think both, you know, both guys bring a lot to the table in terms of what they can do for this basketball team. I mean, Millie, I mean, we know what Millie did last year against us when he played with Temple. Um, we know what Aziz did. Hey, you know what? I got a great idea. Anytime anybody plays really well against the Bearcats, we just need to get them to come to Cincinnati. That's what it seems like. But <laughs> I, I think for what this basketball team I think needs to go to that next level. I, I really think Aziz would be the guy I would love to see get that 
get that waiver because rim protection, um, he's able to guard multiple positions. I, I just think he changes a lot dynamically for uh, for this basketball team. So I hope both of them do. Millie could do great things for this basketball team as well. So it'll be interesting to see. We might as well segue now into uh, this season's roster. Um, we're talk a little bit about some of the returning guys, some of the new guys, some fascinating guys to talk about. Um, first, I want to talk, and JT, I want you to touch on this. Uh, talk about your guy. You've been high on this guy since day one, and that's Dan Skillings. Yeah, man. I'm I'm a part of the Dan Skillings fan club. Might be the president, for real. <laughs> Dude be balling, man. I'm telling you, man. He be balling. You could tell he's gotten better from what I've seen over the summer. He's 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 a certified bucket getter. Dude, start playing, you know, organized basketball super late. You could tell, but he had all the athletes, all all the athleticism you need. Um, you can just tell he's getting better, man. He's getting stronger. You know, got a good frame, super athletic. You do everything you need, man. I just feel like. Man, you 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 got it. I mean, he's just a kid you need on the court. Like, I just feel like he's just gonna keep keep getting better and better and better. Like, every time I see him, I'm impressed, pretty much. And I I, I personally think I agree with JT, and I and I personally think that of all the guys on the roster, you talk about NBA potential, he might have the highest ceiling. For well, sure. Like, yeah, no joke, not to cut you off, man. Like when last year when people were looking at some of the, you know, you know, uh UCF, they had the kid that got drafted and um other teams were coming in i mean that's what a lot of scouts were saying like they were like that's he's the nba player and we're talking about skillings i think there was one drive yep. during the season it might have been it might have been late in the season i mean he went baseline uh, and we all kind of looked at each other he went baseline up and under and we all kind of looked at each other it was like dan a month ago wouldn't have made that drive under that but he made it look yeah with ease and then we all kind of looked and we were in the same area where all the scouts were and we, you heard a lot of people was like, yeah, that's that's an NBA-type move right there. So, I mean, he was getting a lot of attention from some scouts at games this season. Yeah, yeah and I think he's going to take a big leap this year. There'll still be moments of growing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Because, you know, you look at him, and this is a this is a young man who you really look at. He started playing the game late um, compared to a lot of other kids. Meaning, I, th- I, I can't remember what grade he really started getting into basketball. Was it eighth grade or – Yes. I think we I think we talked to him last week on it and he was like by the time I thought it was serious where I wanted to go to like I was thinking NBA where was the dream was like heading into his senior year of high school if I remember right and I mean you got to think I think he started playing as like what was it his sophomore year of high school or freshman year of high school if I remember it right late. it was super late and yeah. I mean he he even said he was like man I was just hooping for fun like and then I started taking it serious and next thing you know he was at D1 level and I mean, we've seen the growth. I mean, obviously, freshman, the start of freshman season to the end of freshman season, I mean, he looked like a whole different player. But now that for people who have been following him online or seeing what he's done with Coach Rayfeld in the, in the offseason, he's put on a, a good, tremendous weight. Like, he, he's been hitting the monster factory, and I, he's poised for a big a big breakout sophomore season. So it's going to be a good uh, good player to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah. So let, let, let's jump into Day Day Thomas. Um, now, I, like I said, I, I think he's going to be the day one starting guard. And that's that's without me, you know, knowing everything. But I'm, I'm thinking that's the case. Uh, super fast. 
Um, you know, like I said, they're going to be some road games where he, he struggles, but I think over time at that midway point, he'll start to settle in. So, uh, Neil, uh, thoughts on day day. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned it. The thing that really stands out with day day is the speed and Wes Miller has really talked about this off season about how they're really trying to play quick and really get down the court. And he really credited day day for that. And I mean, when we were talking to a couple of the players like last week during the media interviews, they asked him, they're like, hey, like, you seen Day Day turn it on when he's getting pressed and whatnot? And they're like, dude, when the ball's in his hands, he's going to break a press, just get out of his way. Like, he'll he'll break it. He's quick. He can really get up the court. And, I mean, that was something that really stood out on his tape when he was coming out of Kilgore uh, Community College. I mean, we saw the speed. We saw the bounce. I mean, I think he got – if I remember right, I think he got clocked with the highest vertical on the team as well. So, I mean, you're looking at a smaller point guard who's about 5'11", 6 foot. But, I mean, quick speed, can really get downhill and attack. But, I mean, he's also got some nice bounce to him. So, I mean, Day-Day's going to be having a huge season. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a transition that's not, and not an easy one. I mean, you're coming from a junior college to arguably the best basketball conference in the world. But, Day-Day has a huge and bright future at that point guard position here at Cincinnati, and, and he's going to be a guy that fans are going to really like. And I think as, as, as he grows as a player, this team continues to reach new heights. And so transitioning to Jizzle James, um, JT, thoughts on Jizzle James, but by far the best name on the team. Oh, for sure, for sure. Best name. Uh, got got uh, Hall of Fame dad. Edge is tight, man. Do you want do you follow uh Edrin James on social media? Uh the pops? Uh-uh. Yeah. Hey, no. it's he, tight. It's like it might be one of the best follows. Really? What's, What's he say? He just be he'd be having fun, man. He'd be he was just kicking it with like who was he kicking it with? He just was kicking it with Ken Griffey over over on on Saturday on the sideline at a, at a game. You know Ken Griffey's a photographer. Yeah, yeah. sports photographer now. Yeah, so I think he was shooting at his son's game, I think. Okay. But still dope. But then he had like he was riding around with a million. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, was riding around with what? I couldn't hear you. He's what? Yeah, he, he was riding riding around in with in the Pacifica with a million dollars of one. Triple bowl. Wow. Triple bowl. Wow. But uh, all right, cool. We'll get back on topic. Chisel um, uh, <laughs> has lost weight, you know, since coming here. So just think about that. You know, they they chiseled him up, chiseled him down because he was already built. Like that in high school, so that's dope. He's a super athletic dude. I think it's gonna take him some time because he's gonna do freshman things, hmm. but he's gonna do some make some plays. You're gonna be like, damn, you know what I mean? Like it's gonna leave you in awe. But he's you know real, real good, real explosive. Um, these two guys as a whole, they remind you of old bearcat bearcat point guards, like very athletic. Um, absolutely can, can get in your face, get physical. Um like pests, you know what I mean? Like, and yep. that's what they're they they could be pests. Like even if Dizzle isn't playing as great, he can be a pest. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's going to be a, a big sight to see. And people that aren't used to, I mean, people are used to seeing Bearcat basketball. They're going to be like, oh man, he they remind you of a Bearcat point guard. So uh, yeah, man, you know his jumper is going to be probably here and there, but uh, I think he's going to get to the lane or he's going to be able to create for others for sure. You, you you hit it on the head. I, I absolutely love this kid. He is a bearcat. He's a bearcat, man. 
when you think about the ingredients of a Bearcat basketball player, you think of toughness. Yeah. Think of a blue collar dude that will work. Yeah. Silent assassin doesn't say a whole lot. Um, and you know what's what's interesting about all this is I talk about all the ingredients. You would think he would be opposite of that because you got a famous dad, you have access to all this stuff. Nope. He's silent, blue collar, works his butt off. I just think he just needs the experience. He just needs to play a bunch. For sure. And not to cut you off. They um, you know, Wes even said he has to tell him to leave the gym. Yep. Yeah, and you said he reminds him of a guy like David DeJulius. And I mean, me and JT and you yourself too, Meech. I mean, we all know how much David lived in Fifth Third Arena or the practice gyms here at the University of Cincinnati. I mean, he was in there every day, but he he really emphasized like he was there some days where Day Day would, uh, Day Day and Jizzle would be in there with guys like Rayvon at like six in the morning, just dripped in sweat, and then they'll come out and practice, get it, go through a whole practice, and then stay after. He was like, I mean, we've seen it all on social media. They're posting in the gym at. Seven in the morning, getting shots up. Then again, late at night at like nine, ten o'clock at night. Like they live in the gym, and I mean, if Wes is kicking you out of the gym, I mean that's a pretty a pretty good sight, and that's something Dan Skillings even told us. He was like, you know, if Wes has to come kick you out of the gym, that's you're doing something right. And I I I think yeah, Jizzle is the future. One of the big future pieces for Bearcat basketball, and another young man that Cincinnati is excited to watch play is Rayvon Griffith. And I think Rayvon is going to be an absolute superstar in the Bearcat uniform. Neil, thoughts on Rayvon? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we're talking about another Cincinnati local kid who decided to stay home. And I mean, overall, I mean, six foot seven, six foot eight, long, can score, can crash, can play defense. I mean, he's the definition of a Bearcat, as JT mentioned with guys like Jizzle James and Day-Day. Like, Rayvon fits that category as well. Like, he's the definition of a Bearcat. I mean, he can do so many different things. We saw what he was able to do throughout his stellar high school career. I mean, especially being right here in the Cincinnati area. I mean, getting the opportunity to do what he does in his hometown. I mean, he's poised for a huge season. A huge season, I mean – Everyone kind of knows, like, hey, it's going to be a little jump here and there because, obviously, freshman. But next thing you know, I mean, this is a guy that Wes has also had to kick out of the gym quite a few times. So, I mean, just because he's in there so much. I mean, he's in the gym so much, getting shots up, getting work. I mean, from the open practices and stuff that we have seen throughout this offseason, heading into the season, the first guy on the court every day is Rayvon Griffith. And then Jizzle James is right behind him. If that says anything, Bearcats fans, that shows the work ethic, that shows the kind of players that these two are striving to be. And I think when it's all said and done, I think Rayvon will be a pro one day. And one of the – well, several reasons I think that. One of them is – and something that gets lost is he has a high basketball IQ. And I saw that at Taft. Um, I saw that when he was playing AU basketball with Gabe Cups. Um, and Gabe Cups is a very cerebral player, um, and Rayvon played very, very well with him, um, and also Reed Shepard going to um, UK. So mm-hmm. once Rayvon settles in, and I think he adapts to the college game, his IQ will kick in. And, and the other thing, too, is 
you know, Bob Huggins used to say this. If you play hard, and Rayvon plays really hard, he's explosive, um, he's put on some muscle, but if you play really hard, it'll make up for a lot of mistakes that you make. And that, that's one thing I think Bearcat fans will fall in love with with Rayvon is he plays so hard. Uh, another guy that I heard Wes Miller say they wish he would have stayed a Bearcat or wish he would have stayed home and become a Bearcat right out of high school, and that's C.J. Frederick. JT, thoughts on C.J.? C.J., man, just can shoot. Like, dude, dude can shoot. Like, like this. I hope I'm hoping he just was able to have a healthy year. Um, he's you know at UK, he has some 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 rough injuries, and dude, dude can shoot, man. Anybody knows CJ Frederick? No, he at that yep, that young man could put it up. So, and you know, what's the thing that the Bearcats have been lacking over the years? Maybe not as much last year. Shooting, no question. He, he can he can fill that void, right? <laughs> That's what he's there for. Like, you know, CJ. It'll be perfect. I mean, on this team, I think he's going to get a lot of easy shots. Um, and I think that's going to be good, good for Bearcat fans and himself. Yeah, and especially if those two waivers don't go through, CJ's role becomes even more important to knock down shots. And like oh, you yeah. said, you know, like you said, JT, we haven't had a shooter like this in a long time. And he he kind of I think will have that impact of a field Williams. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right, so you know, yeah, field yeah. really changed that basketball yeah. team became so very important, and yeah. I, I think there are going to be games where CJ completely changes the game for us. Um, yeah. so I'm yeah. hoping for for a healthy year. Uh, for yeah, Phil Williams is perfect, perfect uh, dynamic for him to me. Yep. yep, that's that's him, and that's it. I think that's his role, and it's a very very important role for this basketball team and a guy that we're looking to see what type of jump he makes this year is josh reed um i think a lot of bearcat fans are looking for a huge jump from him um i, I thought the minutes he gave last year there were times where he was so valuable in mm -hmm. a small amount of minutes that uh that he did play and i i think one of the things about josh just getting a chance to know him during the offseason he's a very consistent kid um that doesn't say much but he just grinds and I, and I think he'll leave UC as one of those players that people love from just how he went you know he, he went and approached things that grind mentality kind of like a Gary Clark Gary Clark was quiet but was a grinder so Neil your thoughts on on Josh Reed coming into this year yeah obviously you mentioned it I mean in the limited minutes he saw last season as a freshman I mean he produced a lot of positive things for the Bearcats last season, especially when he was on the court. I mean, we know he loves to shoot that corner three. We know his ability to shoot the three ball, but it, the jump from year one to year two, I think it's going to be exponential. I mean, obviously he stayed here in Cincinnati, trusted the coaching staff and what they were building, but his role is going to be super important if guys like Aziz and Jamil don't get eligible. I mean, they can play small with them. They can do a lot of different things with a guy like Josh Reed. So it's going to be an exciting season for Josh. Obviously, he can provide that level scoring when needed. But and a whole another offseason uh, was huge for a guy like Josh Reed, especially after seeing just limited minutes. You get to develop him with the, the coaching staff throughout the offseason. So overall, I mean, I think his uh, potential for this upcoming season, it's, it's going to be huge, especially if these two waivers don't go through. I think he's a guy where you'll see his role expand a little bit more. And especially with 
them playing like if they have to play small, I think Josh Reed's a guy who fits that that scheme perfectly because he loves to get in your face. He loves to be physical. He's a guy who's going to give 150% every time, every time he's out there, every chance he gets. He's one of those guys where he's just the definition of a Bearcat. So big things heading for uh, Josh Reed heading into his sophomore season. So something uh, something positive to keep an eye on. Now, JT, yep. a lot of Bearcat fans feel that this guy last year getting hurt changed the dynamic of the team, and his impact this year could be huge. He is the heartbeat. From what I hear, he's the heartbeat of this team. He brings everything together, defense, positive vocal energy. You know who I'm talking about, JT. Yep, yep. yep. John Newman the third. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Newman, man, like so – I think honestly, not even think. I know John Newman's injury hurt the Bearcats in the non-conference last year because they were he's he was their best defender, um, had the minutes. Um, they had to go smaller, you know, on the wing, and you know John John Newman's what six five six six um, can do a lot of things. Um, they said he was looking a lot better offensively as well last year, so it, it crushed him. And it felt, and I felt like, um, that's why I think they were kind of inconsistent at times, um, because they didn't have you know John Newman, he, he's a pest, man. You could put, put him on the best of, on their on their best offensive player, and he's going to make them work. I mean, other people are making them work, but it makes it easier for DeJulius. It would have made him, you know, protecting him where he, he had to guard maybe a, a top guard the whole game or. XYZ, you know what I mean? So I think that was huge. And he's a guy that said he's looking real, real good after coming off that injury. So, um, you know, with his experience going to the Big 12, he, that's, that's a big plus, especially for those those wings, you know, like Rayvon and and Dan. You know, you got a guy that you can lean on that's played a lot of basketball um, that's similar build to you. You know, you kind of see it, see what kind of workman uh, lunch pail mentality that he has, you know. Yep, yep. And, and, and with John, you know, the, one of the beauties of him is he's a guy that knows his role yep. and accepts that role. His role might not be 10, 12 points a game. If yep. he gets that, that's an added bonus. That's gravy on top. Mm-hmm. But he knows what his role is. Yep. Um, and the other thing, too, that I, I was actually surprised to see um, this offseason, John um, came and worked out with, with me and a couple folks and Good Lord, man, his arms are so long. It's crazy. Like, I can see why he is such a good defender. I mean, that wingspan, and and he moves so well. So I'm expecting John Newman, the heartbeat of this team, to really bring a lot of things together. And one guy, and we talked about him earlier, um, him staying on the floor, no foul trouble, staying healthy. I think this next guy we're going to talk about is the guy that we need to win key Big 12 games on the road because of his experience and his versatility. I feel like he will win a lot of road games for us, and that's Vic Locken. Neil, touch on Vic a little bit. Yeah, so first off, Victor Locken is going to be a huge piece, especially if the waivers do not go through. I mean, we saw what he was able to do last season when he was healthy, wasn't battling foul trouble. And honestly, from what we are hearing and seeing this offseason, Bearcats fans should be excited. I mean, we have heard Wes Miller and the staff really hone in and say they are trying to get Victor Locken to develop that that three-point shot. And, I mean, 
Wes told us that Big 12 Media Days this offseason this summer. I mean, the big man's shooting about 40% from behind the arc. So that's a huge step right there for the Bearcats. I mean, getting a getting a big that can really stretch the floor with uh, Victor Locken's ability. I mean, we saw some passes he made last season. The behind-the-back-end transition was pretty nice, pretty nice. But overall, I mean, he's taken huge steps this offseason. I mean, he's developed that uh, three-point shot, I mean, if you can get a big man at Victor Locken's size shooting 40% from three, that's that's great. That's fantastic. But overall, I mean, his role this season is already big enough. But if the waivers don't go through, his role just became one of those guys where he's like, got to stay out of foul trouble. And they're gonna, they'll probably depend on him for 32 minutes a night, 32, 34 minutes a night kind of range. So he's got to stay healthy, got to stay out of the foul trouble, especially if those waivers don't get – don't get cleared, but say the waivers do get cleared for both of them. I mean, Victor Locken's a guy who really can do a lot of different things. I mean, we're talking about developing that three-point shot. Can do a lot of different things. I mean, especially if you have Aziz and Jamil there with him in the front court. I mean, that's that's huge. And, I mean, honestly, Victor Locken is poised for a huge breakout season. And we saw it last season. We saw what he was able to do. Was one of the team's leading scorers. But I think for Victor Locken this season – I think he's able to exceed what he built up last season. So I think this season is a huge, a huge stepping point for a guy like Victor Locken. So I'm very excited for what he is able to accomplish heading into this season. Now, as I talk about winning on the road, you need experience, right? You need a guy like Vic to stay on the court. His experience will help win some Big 12 road games. And this next guy, he's the energizer for the team. And I think he's a guy that's going to have to play big minutes um, on the road towards the end of the game, getting big rebounds, big stops defensively, and that's Big Odie. JT. Odie, man. He has to – like you said, he, I mean, right as of right now with the current roster, um, he, he is super important. He's more important than people probably um, really realize right now because after Vic – it is, it's, it's Odie. You know what I mean? It's Odie. And Odie doesn't have to be uh, scoring double digits every time. He has to be solid, stay out of foul trouble, wall up, rebound very well. Because uh, he moves his feet very well. Um, real athletic guy. Uh, finish pretty solid around the paint. So I just think he has to just keep doing that and just, you know, stay out of foul trouble as much as possible because he doesn't have, as of now, they don't have the depth and the big and at the big you know the center position of the power forward position so he, he's gonna be very key man yeah and, and so in, in looking at the point guard position we talked about earlier um i talked a little bit about cmos potentially playing a little bit of point guard very versatile kid um but in one of the things that i noticed just going to some of the practices hearing about these quote unquote secret scrimmages and even talking to west there could be a lot of games where CMOS is the Bearcats' leading scorer, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, he has that international game, that Luka-type feel. He's not super athletic, knows how to use his body, understands spacing. Um, one of the last practices I was at, he was on fire, and he was just so tough to guard. I'm looking for big things from CMOS this year. Neil. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think CMOS is a guy you talk about who is, can do a lot of different things, especially the scoring level. I mean, we saw what he was able to do at Butler. But, I mean, you're looking down at it. Look what he did this summer when he played in the the summer games versus Kentucky's team. I think he was one of the leading scorers in that game, if I remember right. I think he finished with, like, 11 points, a couple boards, and, like, only, like, 12 minutes of play, I think. So, I mean, you're looking down. I mean, CMOS can do a lot of different things. I mean, what really stands out to him is his uh, scoring. He can score at all three levels, but he's a guy who's a bigger frame, a bigger body who can really take contact and really get to the hole. I mean, he's going to be a guy who has a substantial role for this team this offseason. I mean, we talked to him last week, and he said that one of his biggest in- improvements this offseason was his defense. So, overall, looking for CMOS to take a very big, very big role heading into the, his first season as a Bearcat. And what's what I've loved about um, on CMOS, just to add a little little bit to that, is I had a chance to meet him when he first got here and we actually exchanged numbers and we've texted quite a bit since he's been here. And that kid is so humble and he's always talking when we're texting, you know, we text after one of the secret scrimmages and he just texts like, Oh, I could be better in this. I'm, I'm still not here. And he was talking to me about what he needs to do to improve and just his mindset and understanding the game. I just feel like sometimes those international players are, a little bit ahead of kids from the state just because I think they play a little bit more early on and, um, you know, playing professionally at a young age. But I'm just very, very impressed with uh, CMOS. And by the way, real quick, um, CMOS and I had this discussion when he first got here. So he's wearing number 41. And I told CMOS, I'm the last player to wear number 41 at UC. And you know what's crazy about that, JT, is when I first stepped on the court as a Bearcat, that was the first year we were Jordan. Oh, nice. That So that nice. was the first year. So I'm the last one to wear 41. We're now back to Jordan, and he's going to be the first one to step on the court wearing 41. So isn't that crazy that the first time it's 41 <laughs> – like, isn't that weird? Like, it's weird. There hadn't been a 41 in both times, Jordan. Nice. So, it can return. Somebody had 41. That's what's up. Right. That's, so, that's a hell of a hell of a mixed uh, a fact. That's a hell of a fun fact right there. That is. And he said, man, he said, uh, his, by the way, his English is like, it's great. Like, you can't even tell sometimes he's, you know, he's a foreign kid, but he's like, yeah, we got to do the jersey swap thing. And I was like, oh, for, for sure. I'm definitely down with that. Let's let's jump into Neil. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, we got a couple more players we got to get to here. Um, let, let's talk about Aziz. Um, just in a really intri- intriguing kid. We're gonna talk about Aziz first, and then Jamil, um, in the hopes that you know they do get their waivers. But um, let's start with Aziz. Uh, JT, your thoughts on him? Uh, a walk, a pogo stick, man. <laughs> He's a walking pogo stick. Uh, dude just jumps super fast. Like his second, his first and second jumps are just ridiculous. Um, to move his feet very well. It is if he's if his waiver is clear, that would be huge for the Bearcats. That's all I can say, man. Um, finish with, with force, dude can protect the rim like no other, and hopefully, um, Bearcat fans get 
and the Bearcat program gets new, great news, and this easy gets great news soon. Finger, fingers crossed. Yep. Neil, Jamil? Yeah, so Jamil is actually an interesting character because, I mean, we we all saw what he was able to do last season at Temple. I mean, he made a couple moves where you were like, oh, okay, well, that that's impressive play. But, I mean, the biggest thing for Jamil, I think – I mean, he's been here since the spring, and, I mean, we've heard Wes Miller and staff, like, really talk about it. Jamil's down about 50 pounds since coming to Cincinnati in the spring. He's, he's done a huge, huge <laughs> body transformation with Coach Rayfeld. And, honestly, if – I mean, it's pretty impressive, if you ask me. I mean, Coach Miller even said, like, Jamil was out there shooting some, some threes and whatnot. He was like, oh, we didn't really get to see that kind of side on film. Like, he's able to really – pick it and pop it out there. He can really knock it down from beyond the arc. I mean, but I mean, the body transformation that Jamil has done this offseason has been huge. Now, if he can play, gets this waiver situation figured out, I mean, that that's a substantial, substantial piece for the Bearcats, especially with the transformation he's made to his body. I mean, that's not an easy transformation, and it sounds like he's handling it pretty well and is poised for a huge season if he can get this waiver situation figured out. And, he, and even with losing all that weight, he is still a low down low, and he is tough down there. That losing that weight just gives him more versatility down low, you know, to be able to do more effectively. And, and how he impacts the game in such a major way is, you know, with like with Aziz, you're going to go, you're going to, you know, do some pick and roll, and you're just going to throw it in the sky, and Aziz is going to go get it, right? Yep. But with Jamil, you throw it down low to him, and – if he He'll gets it right back out, yeah. But you he's know, terrific passer. He's like it's like it's like when you throw it into Danny Danny Fortson. When Danny Fortson played, if he caught it in a certain spot on the block, it was two points guaranteed, guaranteed. Yeah. And with, if you can get him to post and be effective down there and throw it to him, they've got a double off of somebody. And if you've got C.J. Frederick throwing in that post. And they double off CJ. That's it's that's tough to guard. So that's why he becomes so important. If we're we're able to get that get that waiver. So what do we need to do to get these dang waivers, man? Let's let's get both of these guys out of shit. Man, I feel you. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. This is BS. <laughs> they gotta get these kids on the floor, man. They deserve it. No question. Fans so, deserve it, man. Our our last scholarship player, uh, Sage Tolentino. Um, you know, and I think he becomes an interesting piece. Uh, yeah. Favors. So, JT, thought, thoughts on Sage? Okay, so Sage, you know, pretty much red shirt, red shirt last year, right? It, it, it qualifies as a red shirt. He only played in one game, right, Neil? Yeah. So, qualifies as a red shirt. Um, you know, kind of unknown young young man, but at, at the same time, um, you know, picked up, you know, looks a lot more physically fit. Um, you know, being a year, second year in the program, uh, has a, it seems like from what I've seen, has a pretty strong face up game. And if they, if Aziz and um, Jamil's you know, waivers aren't cleared, he's going to the, the lights is going to are going to get bright because he's a seven footer at the end of the day. If he can come in and you know, buy you a couple minutes, that'd be key. And then if he comes in there and he starts to, you know, he starts to fly, then you know, you know, you're, you're playing with house money. So I think, you know, the the waivers, the waivers, if they if they get denied, both get denied again, you know, 
Sage is going to have to make sure his Jordans are are tied up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jordans too, boy. I tell you what, Jordans are going to have to be tied up. You feel me? You can't be on there just trying to style because you might you might see a few minutes, my guy. So that's how you got to look at it, man. And I hope you know played at Hamilton. So I hopefully you know hopefully my man when he if, if his numbers call, he's ready. So we'll see what happens. No question. So jumping into and I'm gonna I'm gonna um put these last three together and that's that's the walk-ons uh got a new walk-on uh landon long um used to play au uh i used to see him on the au circuit uh high iq kid tough went to mason high school okay. um he can really shoot the basketball um he really can i watched him in practice and uh he, he's a he's a kid that's going to really help day day and jizzle day in and day out knowing the scouting report being able to compete in practice. And the same with Chase Kirkwood. Um, by the way, huge shout out to uh, Chase on getting engaged uh, this off season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the young lady that he's engaged to is a really sweet lady. Got a chance to know her this off season. I got a chance to know Chase pretty well. He kind of reached out to me and want to talk about life after uh, basketball. And you talk about an awesome kid, man. Just a very loyal person. Uh, got a real good the way he looks at life is is very very impressive man very religious uh young man just i'm so impressed with him and you know and then you got cj anthony and he's such an important piece of this team because he gets these guys ready and practice day in and day out and i'm telling you right now he can absolutely compete with these guys there For is real. no question about that yeah. and, and yeah. you you look at three and i'll let you guys chime in on this but you look at these three, you know, walk-ons, and, and and almost I don't even consider C.J. Anthony a walk-on at times, just because you know, he's been there a while, competes, he's involved in every single thing. But you talk about getting these other guys ready; it is so helpful when you've got, especially three walk-ons that know what they're doing, always come ready to work. You know, Sam Martin was an unbelievable walk-on just because he had that that pedigree of coming from you know playing for his dad, who was a a coach and, and and Sam just competed every single day. Now you got three, basically three Sam Martins. Yeah, Man, that's huge. Any any thoughts on the you know walk-ons are dear to my heart, but any any <laughs> thoughts on the walk-ons you got? Uh, CJ Anthony can shoot lights out. A lot of people don't know that, but CJ Anthony, when the opportunity is on, be ready. That man will pull the trigger, shoot from anywhere. We have saw it plenty of times throughout the season. I think I heard this offseason he was shooting like close to 45, 50% range when he shot from deep this offseason. Pretty good numbers. So, I mean, we all we all know what he can do offensively. We saw what he was doing in high school. I mean, 2,000-point-plus score in high school. I mean, he put, you mentioned he played a big role in the scout team. I mean, heck, I mean, he played Antoine Davis perfectly for the Bearcats scout team last season. I mean – CJ likes to shoot the ball. You know there's not a shot in the gym he don't like. So he's going to shoot every chance he gets. And, I mean, for a guy who's playing the scout role of Antoine Davis, NCAA's all-time leading scorer, top three in the last few seasons. I mean, we saw what he did last season. I think he put up, like, 30 here the last two seasons versus us. So, I mean, CJ, yeah, CJ's a heck of a player. And a lot of people don't really realize that because he's a walk-on. But CJ, CJ is not afraid to give you some buckets when you want them. JT? Yeah, man. CJ, CJ, uh, 
for sure. He's kind of one of those guys that if people have done their research, like he probably could have played like at a match school for sure, like on the scholarship side side of things. Um, maybe a couple of other conferences, lower conferences. Um, but he wants to be a coach. I know that's what that was the, the story back when he when he um signed on to be a Bearcat. So um once he once he's done playing or you know, done with college career. So but we've seen him, man. The dude can get buckets. He he's he's definitely a baller and competes. So um for sure. And then Chase is just an all around good dude. Yeah. Um, congrats to him, you know, for uh for you know his engagement and stuff like that. He's always like real, real cool, calm dude. So haven't met Landon yet, so I, I haven't um bumped across him yet. So uh, I'm pretty sure he's a cool dude too. So we'll see. Yeah, Landon. Landon's a good kid. He's uh, a lot of a lot of players liked him right away. I know he kind of came into the fold late. Um, you know, coming from that uh, D three situation, but um, I, I do want to add one more thing on Chase Kirkwood real quick. I got a, I got a good Chase story. So uh, several of the Bearcat players started coming to the boxing gym um, that I go to. Uh, Odie came, uh, John Newman came, CJ Frederick came, uh, Chase. I'm trying to think, did anybody else show up? I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, Chase consistently, Chase Kurtwood consistently came back to the boxing gym. And, you know, just going through, you know, all the different boxing drills. So one day Chase texts me, JT, and he goes, hey, man, you mind if we spar a little bit? after class and i've been doing boxing you know this jt for gosh 12 12 plus years now and i was a little reluctant because i'm like uh you know you're you're new to it i don't want and chase was like hey that's the only way i'm gonna learn is to get punched in the face <laughs> um, i was like man well bring your mouth guard well so i said i'm gonna you know, take it light on him a little bit so we get in the we get in the ring and uh we went about three rounds the first time the second time he came in again we went about five rounds and um i tell you man the kid is tough he was picking up on stuff very quickly um i punched him in the face a couple times his nose was bleeding and he's like yeah that's what i'm talking about i'm like this is crazy <laughs> blood on his shirt and he got more excited the more blood he saw and i'm like I'm like, man, I like I like this kid, but he's real, <laughs> real, real tough kid. And I and I don't mean that in the wrong way. That I I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm, I I know I hit him in the face a couple times. I didn't mean to like yeah. hit him on anything, it was, but it's like blood was coming. But he liked it. That's how tough he he kept coming though. Yeah, he was so he was like a Hispanic fighter. Yeah, like the yeah. <laughs> box for my boxing people out there, like, like what the heck, dog? You bleeding? You now you still like what's going on here? Like, oh, like, well, those, well, those kids, that's what's up, nah, that's, that's tight. Yeah, and I, so, so Chase and I took a picture together. And I took a picture of Chase in the ring, and I, I, I sent it to Wes Miller. I said, Wes, man, you better start playing Chase, or he's gonna come at you. <laughs> Wes was like, what, what's going on here? Like, uh -oh. Wes was confused. He was like, <laughs> oh man. Hey Neil, I got a quick question for you. So, does your facial hair grow really fast? Yeah. So I think when we started the podcast, you were clean shaven, and now <laughs> you got a beard. <laughs> you got a beard during the whole process. Of I swear, it's grown throughout the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it just it magically appears, you know. I was like, we got to like Sage Tolentino, and I'm like, Neil's got a beard. <laughs> <laughs> he got a beard now. 
That's funny. That's good. Oh, man, I'm excited uh, once again to work with you guys again this season. We're going to have a lot of fun and uh, provide a, a lot of content for folks. So, uh, JT and Neil, any any parting words you want to say? Yeah, man, just, uh, just rock with us, man. We're going you know, consistently put out, pump out this, out this pie, man. Especially basketball season. Jordan Brand is back, baby. We back, baby. We back. I feel like a homeless. Uh, I feel like uh, you, <laughs> you ever watched uh, Coming to America? Oh, pff, one of my favorite movies. My, ever. That is my favorite movie. But uh, like, is wow. like my favorite movie. But like, do you know what my man was like? Lord, we're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, all the all those Eddie Murphy movies, man. I, I'm just such a huge like old school Eddie Murphy uh, fan. Trading Places, yeah, yep, all yeah. All, all of them, man. So, a, a, absolutely. Neil, any parting words? Yeah, we just appreciate you guys for uh, always checking us out and uh, supporting what we're doing over here at with this podcast and everything we're doing at TFON. We appreciate all the support and you guys are giving us but we're really looking forward to what this season holds and we know it's going to be a special one so we really appreciate uh you guys checking us out in our uh, next episode which we're releasing on november 6th uh we're going to announce all of our different sponsors uh we've got a bunch of sponsors back we're going to add some new sponsors so excited to uh be able to let everybody know who that is and once again if you're interested in being a sponsor we're doing great numbers so you want to get aboard uh, grow with us. Uh, please reach out and uh, we'll get you aboard as a, as a sponsor. So I want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Go Bearcats!